Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Howard David Live. We get it going on a Thursday with Brian Geltseiler, Sirius XM NBA Radio. Uh, obviously, the uh, the biggest topic around the NBA is not the fact that the Milwaukee Bucks are the only unbeaten team, but the Brooklyn Nets have all kinds of chaos surrounding their organization. Uh, you were telling me before we came on that Adam Silver has issued a statement. Uh, I did not see it. Maybe you can enlighten me. Yes, Adam Silver has issued a statement. Howard, hey Howard, how are you? First of all, nice I'm good. To with you. I'm good. Um, all right. So let me uh, while uh, while we're talking here, let me pull up the statement because I think this statement is extremely extremely relevant um, to what's happening. I think it's a little late, but this is Adam Silver's statement on Kyrie Irving. Um, Kyrie Irving made a reckless decision to post a link to a film containing deeply offensive anti-Semitic material. While we appreciate the fact that he agreed to work with the Brooklyn Nets and the Anti-Defamation League to combat anti-Semitism and other forms of discrimination, I am disappointed that he has not offered an unqualified apology and more specifically denounced the violent and harmful content contained in the film he chose to publicize. I'll be meeting with Kyrie in person in the next week to discuss the situation. Do you think there's a, a suspension in the offing? No, I don't. I think that it's going to be an educational moment for Irving. I think that Irving's public, they're going to expect a different Kyrie Irving with his public persona here. I, I think that Irving's level of defiance over time um, and the way he has used his platform to further causes that he believes in. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that till the causes become promoting um or pu- as as silver which i thought used a better word instead of promoting publicizing a documentary and i use air quotes there with you know flat out holocaust denials i mean that's just that's just, it, 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 so i think what's happened here with irving is that there's going to be an expectation that he's a lot more contrite than he's been up till now because i will tell you in the in the press availability after Saturday night's game, Nick Friedel ran him in circles, Nick Friedel of ESPN. And, and Nick is a great reporter and a wonderful guy and stands for what's right. He didn't let Kyrie off the hook for anything. He didn't let Kyrie off the hook for anything, right. Howard. And, and, and Kyrie went from saying, um, I can promote what I want to promote to I'm not promoting anything and you're dehumanizing me. What about dehumanizing? Okay? You want to, hey, you're, you're going to promote this film that has clear flat out Holocaust denials and and retweet conspiracy theories about cults that come from Alex Jones. Alex Jones and what he did to these poor Sandy Hook parents, okay, who lost who lost, you know, twenty little kids in a shooting. It's like so I, I think for Kyrie, you know, Kyrie went from you know, sitting out for two weeks after the January 6th riots because of how deeply it affected him emotionally. Um, now, whether you agree or disagree with that, listen, you and I both had to go to work, and we did. Um, it bothered him enough that he decided to sit out, okay? That's, you know, th- that is that was his choice, and that's allowed it. You go from there. He goes to not wanting to get vaccinated, which, by the way, whether you agree or disagree, and I disagree, but I'm, I'm a believer in vaccinations. But it's also his prerogative and his choice to not get vaccinated. Now, listen, from a legal standpoint, there were some penalties that he had to suffer. The city of New York, based upon mandates, he didn't agree with those mandates. He's entitled to disagree with that. He's entitled to have his own opinion about those things. But he talked about wanting to be a voice for the voiceless with vaccinations. And 
that's a very nice title that he gave to himself. And But if you're going to do that, it comes with a responsibility. And Kyrie Irving is very big on saying, this is my truth. I speak my truth. Well, what you've done here is if you want your truth to matter from the platform that you have and the things that you try to do that, as Kyrie will routinely talk about being bigger than basketball, your truth has to have credibility. When you turn around and promote something, a a documentary, in this case, a film, what's time to call it a documentary, a film in this case, with Holocaust denials in it, your truth loses credibility. And listen, I, I've had, you know, over the course of the last year, Howard, I'm Jewish, and I'm a proud Jew. I'm not a religious Jew, but I'm a proud Jew. Over the course of the last year, I have sat down and had the privilege to have conversations with two different gentlemen who survived the Holocaust, who were there, who had to escape with their families. One of them told me a story about his father's brother, his uncle, who was wonderful to his family and very close with them, was just taken one day and they never saw him again. Like, it's, these are truth. these are truths. Tyra talks about speaking his truth. This is the truth. This happened. So I think, listen, I think that everybody but Joseph Sy was late to the party. Joseph Sy immediately jumped on Twitter and, and made a statement condemning Kyrie. Now, you can make the case Joseph Sy was not punitive enough for Kyrie and certainly could have had a team suspension levied on him, um, you know, and pretty much made it open-ended until there was an apology. problem with the Nets is that the basketball side's not working for them, and so this other side, you know, becomes uh, – gets muddied up by the situation that the basketball side at two and six right now and a coach fired is an utter mess. But Adam Silver had to take some leadership here. Um, I think he was a little bit late with that leadership. And I'll tell you guys that did take leadership here and said what they had to say. And I tip my cap to both of them. I'm inside the NBA on Tuesday night, Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley. They laid Kyrie out. I heard it. Yeah, I heard it. They both did. They laid them out. And and you know what? Those guys, I tip my cap to the two of them because they they put it right out there. And really, they put the commissioner in a situation. Listen, there's there's so many moving parts here. You have a negotiation going on right now that's beginning with the Players Association and the Board of Governors regarding the new CBA. And as usual, you're getting the stance from the Board of Governors here on the CBA that we want a hard cap. It's a non-starter to the players. There's never going to be a hard cap. It's essentially something that they're doing to try to use as a bargaining tool to get themselves to caps moving. But I think Adam Silver, and I'm, I'm speculating here, may have been hesitant because, you know, some of his butts heads with the Players Association, and maybe he wanted to make sure he had them on board to go after Kyrie, but he didn't need them on board to go after Kyrie. And in the end, if there's a punishment levied to Kyrie that Kyrie doesn't like, well, listen, the Players Association is supposed to advocate for him, and that's a battle that Silver has to have. Listen, Adam Silver gets a lot more right than he gets wrong, and I think in the end, he got this right. He's just really, really late with this, Mm -hmm. considering that, you know, we're almost a weekend to this thing. Yeah, Uh, a couple of things. Talking with Brian Gelsider of SiriusXM NBA Radio, Uh, not necessarily in any order, but like you, I am Jewish. Uh, I've had family members uh, perish in the Holocaust, so I know exactly where you're coming from. Um, but here's the overriding sentiment, um, is that there is, in my opinion now, there is no way that the Nets can win big with this guy on the roster, because if it's not this, it's going to be something else. 
He is a cancer in the locker room. He was the same in Cleveland. He was the same in Boston. When my old partner Cedric Maxwell told me that the players held a party when he left. So as, as talented as he is, and he's a great player, that's the problem the Nets face. We can't not have this guy because we have no chance to win without him. The fact of the matter is, is that at some point it may require them to blow the whole thing up. And that includes Kevin Durant as well. Uh, this is a mess. Uh, and I wanted to get to some other things as it relates to, to the Nets and where they are. You mentioned that they're two and six. Um, I don't see the Nets winning in the Eastern Conference. I don't see them advance. First of all, I'm not sure they can make the playoffs, let alone advance any to any de- any depth in the playoffs. Well, my God, it was terrible. And and you you know this pending hiring of Ime Yudoka, which by the way is not done yet. Um, it looks very likely to happen, and I think we could see an announcement shortly. Um, I almost think some of this, the matter with Irving has has delayed that a little bit. I mean, they have, you know, Jacques Bourne right now is an interim coach. If you got to coach a couple more games, I'm sure he could. I think for the Nets, they're feeling the urgency to get Yudoka in there. But let's not make any mistake about the hiring of Ime Yudoka. It is an act of desperation. Mm-hmm. It's an act by a desperate mm-hmm. basketball game. Yep. It, 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 this is, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I think Yudoka could step in and do a very good job with this team. I think, because it's funny, somebody asked me this question yesterday. Why would Yudoka even bother to take this job? Because he wants a coach. (laughs) A and B, when you look at the talent on this team, any coach worth his weight and salt is going to look at this team and say, I can make it work. Anybody that that believes in their coaching ability is going to look at a team with Durant, Irving, and Ben Simmons and the rest of this crew and Seth Curry and Joe Harris and Nick Claxton and Marquise Morris and, and you know, and Yuta Watanabe and, and up and down the line at Camp Thomas. Any, any coach that believes in his own ability is going to say, I can make this work. And you're right, Yudoka wants to get back in the league. And I think for Yudoka here, you come and you take this job. Um, you know, listen, you don't know what's going to be available come next off season and what, what organizations will or won't hire you but you're, you're likely to not get an offer to coach a team that's as talented as this one yep. so I, I, I get where they're going here I'll also say this um, and this is something I haven't heard a lot of people say up till now and this could have more to do with context than player Kevin Durant at 34 years old here doesn't look the same he doesn't He's. Uh, I think part of it is how he's being used, and he's being used, and I, and I say used with air quotes because he's being used how he wants to play. He wants to initiate offense and bring the ball up a lot. He's not doing a lot of work off the ball. I think when Durant is getting it off of screens, he's much more efficient. Um, having to bring the ball up and make his own shot all the time, I think, is starting to wear on him. Um, it's a very hard way for him to play. And the Nets really don't run any kind of offensive system. It's a lot of your turn, my turn. There's the occasional side pick and roll. There's not much off-ball motion going on. There's not, it's, you know, they, and that's part of that is that's what the players wanted. And Steve Nash did what the players wanted. And okay, had that work for Steve Nash. Where's he now? He's done with his job. And so, I think Yudoka comes in here, he's a very strong personality. He got a difficult locker room in Boston right last year. I think he comes in here 
and kind of rules this with an iron fist a little bit mm -hmm. and is much tougher on these guys. And with Durant's support, I think there's potential for this to work. Here's my point. If the Nets stay healthy, which is a big if because none of these guys ever stay healthy on this team, the Nets stay healthy. This is something that you can salvage and turn around. But I will also say this. In terms of chances to be able to turn this around, this is, we're probably down to the last one or two chances. Till to your point, the Nets turn around and say, hey, this one ain't going to work. Time to blow the whole thing up. Uh, meanwhile, across the river, the Knicks blew a 23-point lead last night uh, with Atlanta. Uh, Trey Young gets hurt in the game in the second half and misses most of the second half. And yet, the Hawks came back thanks to DeJounte Murray, who uh, lit it up for 36 points. Curiously, uh, the Knicks played uh, Cleveland the other night. Donovan Mitchell, who the Knicks coveted, could not make a trade for, light, lights them up to 38. Last night it was Murray, who they coveted secondarily. He lights them up to 36. Everybody in New York, as you well know, gets excited when the Knicks show up. Uh, and then they started out 3-1 and one against inferior competition. Well, now they've lost to Cleveland. They've lost to Atlanta. They're playing in Philadelphia tomorrow night. They're playing home to Boston on Saturday. Uh, this is a, a work in progress. Uh, I would say this, Jalen Brunson has looked very good, and I think the Knicks made the right move with him. I agree. I just don't think the Knicks are that good. No. I, I think, no. And, and, I, and I think that's where the issue is. Um, the fact is the Knicks, they have some young talent. Their, more talent, their most talented players are young players. And as time goes on, they're going to have to live with the growing pains and live with that. Listen, I've been happy with the fact that we've seen Cam Reddish get some minutes here because Cam Reddish is not going to get better not playing. Um, I think that's, you know, you have to see him play. I know that, you know, they worry a lot about Obi Toppin defensively and they worry a lot about the fact of his reluctance to rebound and his reticence to get himself out in the open floor in transition, sometimes before his team's either even secured a rebound. And for a six foot ten player, that's not something that Knicks need. It's one of the reasons they're so hesitant to play Randall and Toppin together in any kind of set. Because you know, who's gonna be the five? And 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 you really can't run either of them at the three because neither of them can, can defend the three. And and I think as time's gone on, and listen, I like Obi Toppin a lot. But I think, you know, it's it's one Obi Toppin is like the backup quarterback. Everybody's saying, hey, he should be playing, he should be playing, put this guy in, he's better, blah, blah, blah. Well, I think once you see him, you're going to realize maybe he's not all that much better. Um, it, the Knicks are limited from a talent standpoint. And I think that is going to have to be faced here sooner rather than later. And they're going to have to work on developing young guys a heck of a lot more than they have in the past. Now, I will also say this. Um, you mentioned Jalen Brunson. It's the right move. They needed him. Um, a guy I'm not high on who's been very good here early is Emmanuel Quickly. He's played mm. very well. 16 rebounds last night. Yep. Six foot one guard. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, at, at Reddish, they played Grimes for a few minutes last night. I believe it was his first game back. Um, they're going to have to commit more to the young guys. Because the other problem that you're seeing here, and this is a concern, granted, we're very early in the season. RJ Barrett doesn't look like he got any better. And there's all of a sudden, you brought up the Donovan Mitchell thing. You know, keeping R.J. Barrett, extending R.J. Barrett, was what cost them Donovan Mitchell. Hmm. So there is a focus and a spotlight on R.J. Barrett right now on what are you going to do to improve? And are you getting better? Because we could have had 
this star player, who, by the way, is leading the Cavaliers right now, mm-hmm. but a 6-1 and one record, Cavs beat the Celtics last night. The Cavs look terrific. Yep. And Mitchell is playing not only offensively at a level I don't think he ever has, Donovan Mitchell's defense has been excellent. Yep. His defense has been tremendous. Guard Jason Tatum last night. His defense has been so good. So this only shines more of a spotlight on R.J. Barrett. There's a lot of pressure on R.J. Barrett. I'm very curious to see how he develops over the course of the year. But I think the Knicks are going to have to face sooner rather than later this season that they're in a situation that doesn't allow them the luxury of trying to compete. I think being patient with their young guys and looking to grow young guys is the way to go. They have picks, they have young assets and young players. Um, you know, I don't see a place for Fournier on this team anymore. I think Reddish and Grimes both should be playing ahead of them. I still think there's a place for Randall because Randall at one point or another can be a, a potential guy that goes in a trade with a salary to a team that, you know, would want to have play, you know, young assets and picks associated with it. So you're not, you don't want to totally phase Randall out there, but I think 20 has got to be phased out sooner rather than later. Yeah. Appreciate it, Gelts, as always, man. You stay safe. Thanks a million. We'll talk again. Always my pleasure, but talk to you soon. Take Thanks. care. Thanks. Brian Siler, Sirius XM, NBA Radio. Really has a good handle on what the NBA is all about. Speaking of that, a guy that played in the league, a guy that excelled in the league, one of the best defensive players in the history of the league, is Cedric Cornbread Maxwell, who we talk to now as we dial him up, punch him in, and talk to my man Max. Well, maybe we're not talking to my man Max. Yes, sir. Hey, how do you say that, Max? How you doing? I'm doing fine, sir. How you doing? I hope I'm able to keep you on because I'm going through the tunnel right now. I'm actually driving, but I think you should be good. Keep your hands on the wheel. Oh. I said keep your hands on the wheel. Hopefully you. <laughs> I will keep my hands on the wheel. I'm just, hopefully you won't cut out on me. Anything. All right. Uh, last night I watched the game. And I'm... Yeah. I wonder what your reaction was when Tatum went down the lane, dunked it late in regulation, and did not get the foul call. I see. I didn't see. I didn't have a monitor, so I didn't see if he got fouled. I saw where he dunked it, but did the guy hit him? Jared Allen hit him. No doubt about it. Oh, no okay. doubt about I it. I did. I, I, I didn't see the hit, and that's why he jumped up and did what he said. Yeah. Um, I didn't see it enough to even make that call. Uh, but normally, superstar players get calls like that. And the thing that you and I know more about anything else, if he had not made the basket, they probably would have called the foul. But because he made the basket, sometimes the NBA, they just don't make that call. Well, that, that if he had gone to the line, that could have won the game. Instead, they go to overtime and lose to a very interesting Cleveland team with Newark acquisition, Donovan Mitchell. Garland is back. Uh, I think the Cavs are very, very much relative in the Eastern Conference, don't you? I talked to uh, Jim Jones, who does what I do uh, for radio for the Cavaliers, and that's what he and I were talking about. And and his uh, broadcast partner said, so what do you think about the Cavs? What's going to limit them? And we both said at the same time, experience. They just need the experience of being there. This is this team with Spider Mitchell, 
and Garland, and they got great defenders, lengthy defenders like uh, Allen on the inside and Mobley. They just need to learn how to play together. Um, they started out by losing their opening game. They've now won six in a row. Uh, and it's, uh, I look at this Cleveland team. Look, they've been progressing over the last couple of years. Uh, and the Celtics, you know, obviously the Celtics are the Celtics. And the Celtics right now, four and three. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure uh, if that, look, I, I just look at some numbers and sometimes stats tell the truth. They're like 26th in the league in rebounding. Is that an area of concern for the team? Uh, very much so. Uh, when you think about what you don't have and who's been around, I think one of the things that you almost, yeah, it's almost comical now when you think about Rob Williams, who is one of your best players who has been out for so long. And he's, uh, he's a rebounding boot, and he makes a huge difference when it comes to rebounding and making those plays on the defensive end. And the Celtics just haven't had those. Ume Yudoka was suspended by the Celtics for the year. Uh, now he seems to be the primary candidate for the Brooklyn Nets. We've had this conversation before about Kyrie Irving. Um, and it's curious. And watching uh, inside the NBA the other night, both Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley used the word idiot to describe Irving. Um, look. We know what it was like in, in Boston. When he left Boston, wasn't there a party in the locker room after he left? Well, I keep hearing people in the organization saying stuff about Kyrie and what he didn't do. And uh, it just seems like there there's a, there's a flaw there. Uh, because you're talking about one of the great players, basketball-wise, ever played the game offensively. I don't think that you're going to find too many Ball. Too many guys with the handle, the shooting ability, creativity that Kyrie Irving has, but cannot keep his mouth closed in these situations which put him in trouble. You know, this last thing you're going to do in this environment if you are Kyrie Irving and go on a rampage about Jewish homes or Jewish people. It's not going to, not going to help your cause, brother. Well, see, here you've got Adam Silver, who, by the way, is Jewish. Um, yeah. And, a lot, and Barkley said that the NBA dropped the ball. And I think he was referring to the fact that Irving should have been suspended. Now, I look at a couple of owners, uh, Donald Sterling from all the crap he was with in the Clippers, the owner of the Phoenix Suns. And I'm wondering why there wasn't some severe punishment towards Irving. Now, he's come out and donated a half a million dollars. He and the, and the, uh, the Nets have contributed. He's going to get a tax write-off for that. I mean, where's the apology? Well, I heard a, I, he actually, there was, it sounded like, it's contrived, but it sounded like it was an apology. Um, I don't, here's the thing, it's a slippery slope with me, Howard, in the fact that, we are in America, and we you do have rights to you know express your opinion. Um, if you like what I say, it's okay. If you don't like what I say, then it's wrong. So they have to find a fine line that uh, has to be drawn on how they're going to progress when you have players talking about the product. Because I do understand that you cannot tarnish your product 
and you still work in an office environment. It's an expensive office, but you still work in an office under people that control your salary. Talk about the uh, the Celtics coach, Joe Mazzulla, who has stepped in. Uh, young coach. Uh, he has, he's been an assistant in Boston. Uh, is this a feeling out process for him? I think it is, very much so. I mean, for you to, you know, be an assistant coach and then the, the top assistant goes with Danny Ainge, he goes to he goes out to Utah, well, it takes the job there. And now you're just, it, it was, it was like you were, it, it was kind of just snowballed down to him. Now preparation, I don't know enough about him to say that. Seems to be a nice guy, but you know, until you're in, in the line of fire, how much do you really know until you get in that line of fire? And he hasn't been in that line of fire yet enough. Well, you know Udoka. Uh, you're around him all the time. Uh, he obviously is a guy that wants to get back into coaching. Um, and so, you know, you're walking. If he gets the job, and most people think he's going to get the job, but if he gets the next job, you're walking into yeah. a locker room that's loaded with chaos. Uh, there's a lot of talent in there. But I sense Kevin Durant. Howard, Howard, you're walking into New York City, first of all. As you and I know, this is going to that is going to be his first press conference is already going to be something we're going to go. Whoa, how did how does that work out? <laughs> um, yes, it is an environment. You got Kyrie Irving, and as much as I love Kevin Durant, there's times when Kevin Durant is too involved with media. You know, you could be somebody in your basement talking about him, and he's going to respond. So you got two very sensitive players and a sensitive organization. And then add one more thing into that. You got Ben Simmons, who is who's who's fractured hmm. as a basketball player. Yep. Who's afraid to shoot? Yeah. I mean, you were you were you you saw was it um Madlock, what was the guy's name that played with the Yankees and he started having the yips? Uh, you know, he was a great second baseman. But he instead of having the yips, he couldn't throw the ball. He, he yep. would pick up a grounder. He couldn't throw it to first base. I think it's a medlock or I forgot his name. But Ben Simmons doesn't want to shoot. He doesn't want. He, and even if he does want to shoot, he doesn't want to get fouled. You uh, have the been. He doesn't want to shoot free throws. Yeah, you you've been in long in the league a long time, uh, both as a player and now as a broadcaster. Um, when you step out of the court, even as a kid, the first thing you want to do is shoot, <laughs> you know? Shoot the ball, shoot the ball. Even if you how, even if you can't shoot, you're still in a position right now <laughs> where you come out and shoot the basketball. You're going to do that. Well, That's what people do. You're driving right now, but if you had a piece of paper and a pencil, I'd tell you to write this down. Here's what I forecast for the Nets. I think okay. this thing is okay. this is a bad situation that's only going to get worse. Now, Yudoka, as much as I think he's a terrific coach, I don't know that he's going to be able to handle the situation. I think inevitably they're going to blow this thing up. Wow. That's what I think. Wow. I, it, well, I think that Kyrie, 
three is almost putting them in a position that you're going to have to blow it up. And you have two of the most incredible offensive players to ever play the game. It seems like they are allergic to what they do on their defensive end. Now, Kevin Durant, there's sometimes when he'll get out there, he'll make some plays defensively. But that whole team is, is seems like they're lackadaisical uh, at best. Well, I'm looking at their record of two and six. Um, and you know how impatient, you already mentioned it. New York fans are very impatient. Now, the Knicks fans are a little bit different than the Net fans, but... The Knicks last night, as an example, they blow a 23-point lead to Atlanta, who didn't have Trey Young for a lot of the game because he got hit in the eye. Uh, but DeJounte Murray lit him up for 36 after Donovan Mitchell lit him up for 38 a couple of nights before. I mentioned those two guys because the Knicks wanted either one of them and couldn't pull the trigger on a trade. They didn't want to give up R.J. Barrett. I think they're going to live to regret that, but... Here's another organization. They got some serious issues, and I wish Tom Thibodeau would shut up barking at the referees. That's all he does. My God. Well, I mean, you're looking at a a very tough situation there in New York. Uh, Again, I I don't know that what you keep hearing people talk about is the draft picks. Well, the Knicks didn't want to give up their draft picks. For a star like Donovan Mitchell, dude, I gave away that pick, the next pick, whatever pick you want. He is a legitimate star, budding superstar in this league. Would yep. have been perfect to play in New York. Would have been perfect, perfect to play there. So, yeah, I think that they dropped the ball on that one. Um, before I let you go, gold uh, Milwaukee. I don't. Milwaukee must have a connection with the schedule. They've played their six of their first seven games at home, and they're seven and zero because Giannis has scored thirty or more points to six straight nights. They are still the team to beat in the East, right? Giannis and this, and you add into that, they're still without one of their best players, Middleton. Yep. <laughs> add, add that into the mix: the fact that Middleton, who is a great shooter, who is so complimentary of Giannis. But Giannis has gone up to another level, man. He's he's in some kind of stratosphere now. You look at it going, oh, my God, how is this dude playing and how well is he playing? So, yeah, that he, he is he's relentless. And when you watch him, uh, he can go to a gear that nobody else in the NBA can go to now. And, and that is scary. And this is a guy who really isn't necessarily a three-point threat all the time. He can get hot sometimes and knock him down, but for the most part, he's doing his damage, attacking the rim, and getting in the paint. Always great talking to you, my man. You stay safe and, and, can, and keep your hands on the wheel. I will do that part to take it easy. Yeah. Bye-bye. He is Cedric Cornbread Maxwell, my former partner in Boston, and one of the truly great guys I've ever been around. Super duper. Super, super guy. Knows the league inside and out. And why shouldn't he? He played at the league at a high level, won championships in Boston. Kyrie Irving, you can say whatever is on your mind. You're entitled to it. Freedom of speech gives you that right. Just be aware of what it is you're saying and the impact it has on other people. 
I'm Howard David. Thanks for being a part of Howard David Live, and you stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.